From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike Douglas here with you, along with our, our producer and co-host, uh, Elaine Harlan, and of course our prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, Owl Ramsey, with us as well. And uh, tonight, and uh, greetings to those of you around the world. Uh, great to see those wonderful places we can't even pronounce uh, come up on the radar screen as we check our listenership every uh, every week. Thank you for being with us. And tonight, a real treat. We're going to be uh, visiting with a longtime friend now, uh, the police chief of Modesto, Michael Harden, uh, with us, and uh, also one of our uh, stellar volunteers, uh, Oren Woods, with us as well, and, and his daughter, Sydney, is joining with us uh, as well. Great to have you, uh, have you with us. And we'll be introducing uh, you to uh, these uh, wonderful friends of ours in just a couple of minutes. But as we start, Elaine, mm-hmm. hang on on that button right. there. I, we'll push anything. Yeah, as we start the new year okay. here, have have some wisdom. Wisdom. Good, good to have wisdom. Always good. Yeah, to have it comes from me. It's wisdom anyway. You know how that goes. <laughs> Say anything. Uh, my wife got got sent little things about kids in church. Yeah, you know, a little boy was overheard praying. Lord, if you can't make me a better boy, don't worry about it. I'm having a real good time, like I am. And uh, after the christening of his baby brother in church, Jason sobbed all the way back home in the back seat of his car. His father asked him three times what was wrong. Finally, the boy replied that preacher said he wanted us brought up in a Christian home, and I wanted to stay with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I wonder if two more here. Uh, One particular four-year-old prayed, and forgive us our trash baskets as we forgive those (laughs) who put trash in our baskets. (laughs) There's probably some truth to to that as well. Uh, Two more here. A father was at the beach with his children when the four-year-old son ran up to him, grabbed his hand, and led him to the shore where a seagull lay dead in the sand. Daddy, what happened to him? The son asked. Well, he he died and went to heaven, the dad replied. The boy thought a moment and said, did God throw him back? (laughs) (laughs) And then then finally, Uh, (laughs) finally, a wife invited some people to dinner. At the table, she turned to their six-year-old daughter and said, would you like to say the blessing? I wouldn't know what to say, the girl replied. Well, just say what you hear mommy say, the wife answered. So the daughter bowed her head and said, Lord, why on earth did I invite all these people to dinner? Oh, my goodness. Anyway, there's some... uh, But uh, I think to save this, we should go to Voice of the Martyrs. I think we should. Hey, 
what's up? This is Toby Mack with the Challenge for Jesus Freaks from the Voice of the Martyrs. In November, near the capital city of Kampala, Uganda, more than 39 Muslim extremists armed with machetes and clubs attacked the World Possessors Church International. Church members worshiping inside attempted to bar the front door to try to prevent them from entering. Some believers were able to escape through the church's rear door. Nearby residents helped the Christians ward off the attackers. When police arrived, the assault was stopped, but no arrests were made. Will you join the Voice of the Martyrs in praying for members of this church to find strength in Christ, even though they face ongoing opposition? For more, go online to persecution.com. And we're back with you here at Lighthouse Live, Pastor Mike Elaine, and our very special guest tonight. We have Modesto Chief Police, Mike Harden. We'll be introducing you to him in just a moment. But first, let's check out some opportunities to volunteer. Our friends at the Delta Blood Bank, and they are our friends. Indeed, we remember them, don't we? You bet. Uh, replacement blood drive for Sophia Rose Condi will be held on Tuesday, January 19th from 11 a.m. till 9 p.m. at the Clarion Hotel on Sisk Road in Modesto. Now, Sophia is an 18-month-old little girl with pyruvate kinase. Now, Al and I, Mr. Al and I were on the phone today <laughs> trying to figure out how to say this word, and I found out, Al, that the people in the know just call this PK. Could have just said PK. Does it stand for promise keepers either, by well, the way? Well, in pastor's so, circle, that yeah. means preacher's kid. Okay. But that's what it is. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> you know, a lot of things. So anyway, but little Sophia uh, is going to require these blood transfusions oh, every mm. three or four weeks mm. until she's about five years old. Uh, oh. So what they need are people-friendly volunteers, uh, ages 16 years and older, uh, to serve refreshments and visit with donors uh, while they're giving blood. Now, a 20-minute training is provided for the volunteers uh, who will become certified. Uh, additional volunteers, ages 14 and 15, with parent or 16 years and older, are needed to greet and direct donors and kind of help out with the nursing staff and all those types of things, uh, general information, questionnaires, and things like that. Three shifts are available from 11 to 3, uh, 3 to 7, and 7 to 9, whatever works out for you. Anyone interested in donating blood is also welcome to do this, uh, this special blood drive. Additional mobile blood drives and ongoing volunteer uh, staffing opportunities are also available uh, at all collection uh, sites located in Stanislaus, San Joaquin, Calaveras, El Dorado, and Tuolumne counties. The Delta Blood Bank is a not for profit blood That's easy center. for you to easy say. Easy for yeah, me to yeah. say. Uh, and provides all of the blood and blood components for patients in 18 hospitals in Central California. So if you have time and uh, are so inclined to do something like that, we, uh, we just uh, encourage you to do that. Now, the Society for Handicapped Children and Adults, where you can hit the slopes and share the exhilaration of snow skiing, this would be a, a fun thing for you to uh, get involved with, uh, snow skiing and uh, with the physically challenged youth and adult skiers uh, since 1990. The Skiing Unlimited program uh, has provided access to the sport of skiing for many blind, deaf, paraplegic, uh, quadriplegic, and developmentally disabled individuals with the use of adaptive equipment who would otherwise uh, be denied the opportunity to share in this exciting, fun outdoor activity. Uh, volunteers ages 15 years and older needed to accompany and assist skiers 
on the Dodge Ridge ski trips. Intermediate skiers uh, help push sleds and expert skiers uh, should be able to ski backwards downhill to help blind skiers. Now, I don't know about you, but that would be a disaster for me. You know, that was that normal for you? Skiing backwards, okay. like on purpose, skiing backwards. <laughs> no, yeah, that's what, that's what my problem would be. Opportunities for this fun event are available. Blue Shield would love for me to have <laughs> a skiing they? experience. Sure. Opportunities are available on most Saturdays through March. Uh, volunteers should have some ski experience, provide their own transportation to Dodge Ridge and Pinecrest, complete an application, and pass a background check. Uh, volunteers receive free lift tickets when volunteering, and their families are able to purchase $20 lift tickets uh, when they accompany volunteers. The society is dedicated to improving the quality of life and self-sufficiency of physically challenged children and adults in Stanislaw County. What a fun thing to get involved with. And uh, teach someone to read uh, through the Reading, Liter- Reading Works Adult Literacy Program, and you can do this. You can change a person's life and their future and their children's future by opening doors through reading. Volunteers age 16 and up spend just a couple of hours per week increasing a student's basic reading skills, utilizing an easy-to-follow phonics-based curriculum. A reading Works is providing a tutor orientation on Wednesday, January 20th from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m., and that's followed by a tutor training on Saturday, January 23rd from 10 to 4. Uh, both of these will be held at the Modesto Library Downstairs Auditorium, And Reading Works is in partnership of the Stanislaw County Library and the Stanislaw Literacy Center providing free literacy services for adults who need to improve their basic academic skills in Stanislaw County. And if you have any questions on any of these opportunities to volunteer with the United Way, please give Barbara Borba a call, and she's at 209-524-1307, extension 113, again, 209-524-1307, extension 113, or you can email her at bborba at uwaystan.org, or you can always call us here at 209-544-9571. You know, at our uh, website, we currently are needing uh, and have uh, posted there some space heaters, If you have them to donate, let us know. I want to mention a couple of uh, safety tips when you're using those. Mr. Al knows all about that. Extension cords, no, no, no. And uh, you never want to leave those unattended. So just keep that in mind uh, as you're donating those. If you have donations, please call us. Again, 209-544-9571. Clean, gently used blankets are needed at this time. It's cold outside. Of course, it's not as cold here as some parts of the country are experiencing right now. We also need a hospital bed. This just ended today. We had a, a mother of two, 33 years old, in a car accident, and she's been left paralyzed and needs a hospital bed. So if you have a, a hospital bed and you'd like to donate that to us, please give us a call, and we will uh, make sure that that gets to where it's going. Well, it is with a great honor and pleasure that we extend a A warm welcome this week to our presiding police chief of Modesto, California. It's our pleasure, and we thank you for this hour, Chief Mike Harden. Thank you. Thank you. It's my honor to be here. I'm I'm uh, I'm blessed to be here and uh, introduce myself to the community. And uh, it's uh, it's a great community. I love Modesto. You know, I've I've lived here my entire life Mm. for all intent and purposes. I moved here when my father retired from the service when I was eight years old, and. 
Modesto is a great community. I've seen it grow and change, but um, it's a great, fantastic community made up of great and fantastic people. So I'm honored to be uh, with the opportunity to run the police department, and it's a, it's a position I don't take lightly. So it's it's a great opportunity. Well, it's a great responsibility, and, and uh, Chief Harden's a, a I was going to say old friend. That's not right. His longtime friend. Longtime friend. Long time be friend. careful when you say I that. Know. Right. And uh, I, I think we met. You were a, a lieutenant at the time. I think. I think you were interviewing for captain and uh, met you on a. Uh, I was on a citizen board and and very impressed. And obviously, so was everybody else. Now that you're uh, chief, it was so. all because of you, Mike. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But uh, I think, uh, chief, one of the things that we so much appreciate in the faith-based community is the working relationship with local government here in the Modesto mm-hmm. area. Uh, there, there's stuff going on spiritually here that you don't find other places anyway. And, but, you know, but there, there just seems to be an openness, and, and I'm hoping it's a window of opportunity that stays open for quite a long time, but we, we just feel very welcome to partner with, whether it's the fire department, law enforcement, uh, you know, parks and rec, whatever it might be. It just seems like there, there's a wonderful uh, welcoming right now for the faith-based community and a sense that we have to partner together in order to make this thing work. Absolutely. Anybody who thinks that we can make our community safer, stronger, better, which is government alone is, is, is just, uh, well, they just don't really know the real world, do they? So um, without question, it's, it's government, it's nonprofits, it's churches and schools, and, and uh, the entire faith-based community, all of us coming together to work hard and, and try to make our community safer and stronger. So uh, the faith-based community can't do it without government. Perhaps right. government mm-hmm. can't do without faith base, and so um, we need to partner. And uh, it's an absolutely critical point in time in this economic recession we find ourselves in, with less government resources and and uh, all that has to we have to deal with. Um, this is a prime opportunity for us to grow and strengthen those partnerships, and and I see nothing but good things ahead. So much absolutely. more productive when we work together as a team. Oh, without question, absolutely. And by the way, great pleasure to serve under you as a chaplain as well. Uh, honored to have you, Mike. six or seven of us have that privilege, and, and we do count on an honor to be able to, uh, to work with you in that regard. Um, you know, as we, as we look over the history of law enforcement, and, and um, I went through the L.A. County Sheriff's Academy in 1979 and haven't worn a badge and a gun for 20 years, and so it's been a long time. Well, it appears to me law enforcement today has nothing to do with 1979. <laughs> uh, nor 1983 and 4 when I started. Absolutely not. The, the, the role of a police officer, the, the danger, the level of violence yeah. has really changed the job dramatically. There was always uh, prevalent. It was always a concern, and we always trained for that, that violence potential. But it seems so much more prevalent in our, uh, our life today, if you will, the role of a police officer. You know, I, was, I spoke at the Blue Mass on Saturday. Oh, yes, right. And... Uh, you know, the, the role of an officer, um, when I was a young officer working the midnight shift, a couple of drunk drivers, uh, occasional drunk downtown or, you know, uh, occasional fist fight or something along those lines. I mean, there was always the potential for violence, and it was always out there, and you always had to be ready for it. Um, but now it just seems much more prevalent. It's just, it, um, it's, it, you know, officers on the street, if they don't interact or come into contact with somebody at least, you know, once, a week or once every couple of weeks it's armed with a gun or has a gun in a vehicle. I mean, the the the, the dynamics have changed greatly. The job has tra- changed a lot. And, of course, Modesto's changed a lot. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, no longer is it a small, sleepy town. It's mm-hmm. 205 or 210,000 people. And um, so the level of violence, of course, has increased to some extent. But um, I'm, I'm happy to lead a, 
a team of men and women who are brave and diligent and hardworking. And in spite of all those problems and the tough economy we find ourselves in and fewer officers we find ourselves with, I am um, I am so proud of them that we achieved a 4% reduction in our Part 1 crimes. The FBI cl- uh, classifies right. crimes Part 1, Part 2, mm-hmm. and we've achieved a 4% reduction in Part 1 yeah. crimes. So awesome. um, they just worked tremendously, tremendously well. And um, but um, the job has changed and, and a lot more is expected of an officer. And, you know, one of the unique things that's changed about our role to some extent is uh, 9-11. Um, yes, you know, right. 9-11, whoever thought that the police officer on the beat was going to be the, the nation's first line of defense. But if you think about it, if you really sure. think that there's a, a terrorist cell who comes to a local community, whether it's here or anywhere else across this great country, um, it could be a local police officer who interacts with them. And, and we know that now from the lessons learned of the, the 9-11 hijackers is that many of them embedded themselves in the local community, right. you know, took up a lifestyle, went to church and those kinds of things right there in the local community. Many of them were, were I think, uh, stopped by police officers on traffic stops. So now our police officers, on top of all that, are now really, in some some extent, the, our nation's first line of defense. So, well, and 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 the legal structure has has changed a little bit. The laws have changed. Uh, search and seizure has changed a little bit since then. And what about the technology? I mean, I remember back then the the worst thing you had to remember were the on off switch was for the Unitrol, and now you got com- oh. who would have think computers or police cars? What's for that? It is uh, absolutely amazing. It, it's it's improved us and it's made us more efficient. Uh, I'm, I'm convinced of that, but. Um, you're absolutely right. Computers in a patrol car. Uh, I mean, you know, oh, uh, a cell phone. You know, you can call somebody who's called the police department with a cell phone and, and perhaps resolve their problem without having to have an officer respond at all. I mean, right. it's just amazing. The information that's real time that we used to have to get, you know, from somebody calling dispatch to, you know, and, and it was just, it's amazing. Everything was handwritten back then. Um, the technology has made us more efficient. I'm not so sure that I'm always happy with the advances right, in technology because, right. you know, I used to come back to the office and have this little note on my desk, a little blue note that said, you know, call while you were out, somebody called. And, and now it's, you know, 50, 60 emails a day. So, <laughs> but, oh, well. Chief, growing up here in Modesto, as you did, did you always want to be in law enforcement? Um no, actually, um, I uh, didn't know what I wanted to do when I was in high school. I was the fourth of four, four children. My father was in the service, and um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, I thought maybe I would join the military and try to see where that took me. But my oldest, my older brother uh, was a police explorer, mm-hmm. and he exposed me to the explorer program here at the Modesto Police Department. And without exaggeration, one ride out. I rode with one officer one night and said, that's it. I'm hooked. Uh, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And I dedicated the rest of my high school life and then college with, with, with the one goal of, of you know, getting my degree, putting myself to the police academy, and going to work at the Modesto Police Department. And I did that. Chief mm. McKenzie hired me back in 1984. Oh, my goodness. So, wow. Uh, so yeah. it's just uh, – and then, and then the, you know, up through the ranks and the chance to now lead the department is a dream come true. So it's a great opportunity. So. You know, Chief, we look at some of the new challenges, uh, relatively new challenges, as we're talking in, in, in terms of decades here. And, of course, gang issues are, are prevalent. And we've got a pretty exciting thing going right now with uh, Project SAFE. And, and at the moment, I can't remember what the acronym stands for. Striving for Accountability and Future Employment. Absolutely. Ah, See, that's why ah. he's got four stars. You know, there, that I? is yeah. so cool. <laughs> I think you should get a fifth Let's, one for that. That's right. <laughs> yes. Can we talk a little? Because I think that is just absolutely amazing. We've seen it work well in, in places uh, like Chicago, Boston, and closer to home stock. And right. Let's talk a little bit about that and, and uh, what, what, what's going to be happening in there. Future. Well, it's a program that is, is evidence-based. Uh, first and foremost, we are going to 
target those gang members who are perpetuating the most violence in our community. We're going to do that strategically. And um, we are going to have a number of service providers attend what we're going to call a form or a call-in. And um, those service providers will be from the Workforce Alliance, the faith-based community, substance abuse, behavioral health, um, Project Yes, and so on and so forth. And it just goes on and on and on. And uh, uh, I'm going to have a key message. Uh, the district attorney is going to have a key message. The U.S. attorney is going to have a key message. Uh, the gang members are going to hear from a family member, a mother who's been impacted by gang violence, the loss of a child perhaps. And they're going to be told that the violence must stop. Uh, plain and simple, the violence must stop. We care about you, but the violence must stop, and it must stop today. And here's an opportunity to get out of that gang thug life and and take advantage of some of the service providers who care about you who are in the room today. Um, and and today's your you know your opportunity. But it should not be viewed by anybody who thinks it's going soft on crime because it's not it at all. Mm-hmm. It's exposing these individuals. Um, to an opportunity to get out of the gang life uh, so we can lessen the amount of violence in our community. Um, but um, they should not walk away from those forms knowing that, that we're not going to do anything if they continue in that lifestyle. They will be arrested. They will be incarcerated. They will be prosecuted if they continue their gang lifestyle, if they continue to perpetuate violence in our community. So it's a, it's a program that uh, mirrors the Operation Ceasefire in Boston, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's evidence-based. Um, it's got um, a lot of uh, promise to really lessen the, the, the amount of gang violence in our community. And um, we were fortunate to get a grant from the state of California, the governor's office, and uh, work with the uh, Safe Community Partnerships of California. And uh, this program, um, as I said, is evidence-based. It works. It's got to, you know, we've got to keep at it, keep at it, and keep at it. And uh, when my message to the gang members is, here's your opportunity, don't mess it up, um, that's exactly what it means. Don't take advantage of it. Don't mess it up. If you do, we know who you are, um, and we're going to come after you. This really and, sounds like a win-win situation. It absolutely is. It's, 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 it's you know, it's, it's not just an arrest uh, uh, program um, because we all know that arresting is not in and of itself going to be the, 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 uh, the silver bullet, so to speak. We know that um, uh, um, education in and of itself is not going to work. We know that intervention strategies in and of itself are not going to work, but this layered approach, uh, one that we're going to try, is one that's got the most promise. It's the one that's proven to be most effective in other uh, locations throughout the country. So um, it does have a lot of promise. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a lot of work, and uh, but uh, we're going to – we're going to hopefully have our first call in this month. So, um, and then we're just going to roll and, and go with it. So, um, but it's um, it, it, this community needs us uh, very very badly. I think a couple of things impress me uh, about this. One is, you know, it is respecting the individual, not for goofing off and, and for being a thug, but it is respecting them as a human being. You know, there's there's a two way re- there's uh, a basis for a two way respect there. Uh, number one. Secondarily, law enforcement is saying, look, we, we do know who you are. We know what gang you belong to. And if you choose to mess up here, you know, we, we are going to come down right. on you. But but the other part of that is in the room will be people like us uh, who are saying we are willing, if you are willing, to partner with you to straighten things out. Absolutely. And I think, uh, Chief, one of the keys to that is those of us in the in the outer circle of the room there we have to come through. We have to make good on what we're offering. And I, I'm, probably you've seen some evidence that in, in, in uh, some of the other cities, that that's got to be a key element. To Absolutely. It. No question. And, and um, you know, equally important, Mike, is, is law enforcement can't walk away. This is not going to, yeah. you know, we're not going to uh, discernibly drop the gang violence after one call in. Right. It's got to be sustained, sustained, sustained. If we don't 
hook that first person, you know, that first call in, then bring them back to a second one or a third one. And um, so um, it's going to take time. Um, you know, these people join gangs for a reason. Uh, it's not easy to get to get out of a gang, and we understand that. Um, but um, but we've got a key critical message, and we're just going to have to hit home and drive it home, and and we hope to do that. So, but you're absolutely right. We have to deliver. We're making yeah. you a promise. We got to deliver, and uh, and that's key and critical. And and so far, um, the working group has been very motivated, uh, very much involved. Uh, they care about the community, and as equally as we all do, and, and they want to see a difference. And, and so, um, we're, we're hopeful. We're hopeful. Amen. It sounds well, like such a healthy approach. As I am listening to you speak, I, I hear components of intervention and uh, people working together, and consequences being played out. Absolutely, for those who don't choose to to do the right thing, and uh, community involvement. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. Absolutely. What I, you know, Elaine represents us at the PAC meetings. And what's the current acronym? Uh, parole and, parole and community, community team. Yes. A team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's the same thing. We've got DMV there, Salvation Army there, AVC there. You've got, you know, a lot of different resources. So the opportunity for the guy or gal coming out of prison is I have, I have every reason to succeed. Right. You know, yes. and, and I think that's one of the same elements. want to introduce uh, one, one of our uh, wonderful volunteers, Oren Woods. And we met Oren a couple couple of years ago now, I guess, and uh, we were at meetings together, and uh, we just kind of hit it off and said, wow, got a heart for the community. And, and Oren, you you live right in the middle of, you know, some of this activity and, and uh, right near a, a major park where gang tagging is happening a lot of times. And uh, just kind of give us your perspective on on the urgency to do something like this and, and to move ahead. Oh, yes, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Intervention is key. Uh, prevention is key. Uh, the, the, the best thing about what's going on in our neighborhood is that the police officers, as since I've been there for 11 years, has been, that's been their main focus is mm. intervention, care. You don't, you know, if I, if I go other places, you know, the, the care is eliminated. There's more care with these police officers here in Modesto. And it could be everywhere else, but I, this is what I see. Because in our area, it's just the the communities, the the anti-community, if you will, mm. don't don't want the care. They don't, you know, they don't see the care. And once they see the care, they change their their views, and some start to help. You know, they'll help clean up some of the the rubbish, and they start helping. But you have to show that you do care. Um, but you know, it takes a lot of work. Um, we're not sliding. We're advancing <laughs> that's that's the best part we're moving yeah. up uh, um so i guess what well, i think Oren, you're you're a prime example mm-hmm. of of a believer in his neighborhood you know his family there and you're saying hey this is not right and we're, we're not just going to cower behind our doors but we're we're, we're going to be bold enough to do something about it and and not only are you volunteering to love your neighbor as yourself, you know, but you're, you're also looking out for your community. And there are times when, when you get in the, in the face of officials and, and, and rightly so and say, look, we have a, you know, we have a problem here. And you maybe talk a little bit of, Oren, about the importance of the individual taking some ownership yeah, over the neighborhood. Yeah. It's, I mean, like for instance, two weeks ago, um, we literally, when I called the police officer to come over to talk to my street, 
because it got out of hand, uh, the crime that was going on. And, and the officer was glad to go door to door. I was like, mm. please come with me and let's explain to these people, if they see the crime, call the police officer. You can't call the next day. You call it while it's in progress. You can't come over to Oren's house, even though Oren has a big voice and a big mouth, and, and Oren has a lot of surveillance cameras around the hood. But, but um, you know, and so the officer got out of his car and went to door to door that the place, you know, people were having issues. People were breaking through their house. They didn't call the police officer. People are tagging, and they see the individual. People don't call the police officer. Mm-hmm. So by by changing it, flipping it around and saying, let me have a police officer come up there, have a uniform to explain. They kind of changed their ways a little bit. It's different now, you know? Mm-hmm. And and what's good about it is the neighborhood is changing. They're starting to, you know, they're starting to look out for the neighborhood. It's you not know, just orange in the middle of the street. <laughs> Sounds like one of the keys here, uh, Chief, is, and again, I'm going back to several decades ago, uh, you know, where you got assigned to a beat and they moved you around and but but now there seems to be more of an emphasis on a, on a rela- building a relationship yes, between the individual yes. officer and the individuals in the neighborhood he or she uh, serves. You talk a little bit about has has that changed things? Has that been a benefit? Well, it, you know, community policing is is what it's all about, mm-hmm. and um, a foreign terminology when I first started in law enforcement, yeah. and that was the advent of the you know when when we started putting officers in in cars and assigning them a geographical area and being dispatched and led around by that radio really became that that wall if you will between the officer mm. and the, and the, the people in the in the in the geographical area that they serve that's still going to have to happen because obviously it's the most efficient way for us to deploy resources um, but um, community mm. policing is a philosophy that we're going to work in partnership and whether that means if you live in a in a, in a location that that requires a, a walking beat officer, fine. If that means it's a, a neighborhood office, then fine. It takes a lot of shapes and sizes and varieties, but at the crux of community policing is the notion that law enforcement and communities are going to work together, that they're going to uh, form partnerships, that the community is going to tell us what's important to them, um, and and the notion that law enforcement, the officer on the beat himself can or herself cannot solve all the problems. Yeah. The community, the neighborhood cannot solve all their problems, but as Oren said, working together, we can mutually solve problems. And so really it's all about communication. It's all about one neighborhood at a time, and it's really about um, an officer getting out of the car once in a while and saying, I work this area. What can I do for you? You know, this is the area that I work. I know who should be here. I know who's probably should not be here. And, uh, you know, what, what's important to you? And so um, you're right. It is, it's absolutely critical. It's a philosophy. It's a style of policing. Unfortunately, it's a little more labor-intensive than, than we like. It requires a lot more officers. And when we're looking at budget cuts and things of, uh, of that sort, um, you know, some of the Prevention programs are going to be the first thing that's on the chopping block. I'm going to fight and resist it as much as I possibly can. But unfortunately, when you look at diminished resources, what's going to survive a budget cut is, uh, you know, staffing officers who can respond to calls and a detective or investigator who can do a follow-up investigation. And unfortunately, some of the other stuff that's probably would be characterized as not a core uh, competency, things like officers in schools, crime prevention, uh, youth services, some of other outreach efforts, those are always going to be at peril you know, uh, of being cut. So I'm going to fight like heck to try to prevent that from happening. But, um, 
but you're right, Mike. Community policing is so critical to what we do as a community. We can't do it alone. Uh, neighborhoods need to tell us what's important to them, and then we'll work together to solve their problems. Absolutely. You know, we knew tonight was going to be extraordinarily good and fun. Let's just take a moment to endorse Blue Tree's proclamation over our city. And uh, you just may want to do this in your area as well, wherever you're listening in. Here's God of this city on Lighthouse Live.
such a cool song. You know, I, I just, I remember the first time, and, and you know, Elaine is our uh, uh, producer here, is, is also our music director, and, you know, we, just wonderful stuff. But boy, when you brought that in, I thought, man, that's what it all, you know, releasing God in the city and, mm-hmm. and greater things are yet to come. Greater things, but greater things are still to be done. And I think, Chief, one of the uh, sad things, and I'm talking about the, the corporate church in general in America, is that we globally kind of checked out several decades ago. You know, we became very internalized, very internal focused. And uh, it was the debt to the detriment of the community. You know, we became consumed with our buildings and, you know, with what color, you know, the carpeting should be and, you know, the, the stuff that really doesn't make a whole lot of difference in God's economy. Uh, you know, he, his command to us was love me with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, that that's one of the reasons we started Advancing Vibrant Communities is, is to help uh, refocus and and make those uh, connections in, in in the community. So you know, I I think uh, that song is very appropriate. Greater things are yet to come, as as the church moves out from the four walls and begins to engage with the community and engage with government. Absolutely. And, and I think as as you pointed out, Chief, that no one entity the church can't do it alone, because God intended that we partner with the community, and and government can't do it alone. You know, especially in today's economy. Uh, Amen. Right? Well, talking about greater things are yet to come. Let's talk about 2010 and and uh, what uh, the vision is for Modesto PD and and the county and the city. Well, I'll t- I'll tell you, as the uh, the police chief, you know, one thing that I look at constantly, and I'm really driven by the I'm driven by the numbers. I'm driven by the crime numbers because. Um, it's my job to see to it that uh, there are fewer and fewer crime victims, fewer and fewer people in our great community who are affected and impacted by crime, whether that's a home that's broken into, whether that's uh, domestic violence inside the home, whether that's uh, a car being stolen, whatever the case may be. I am truly, truly driven by uh, the desire to want to see fewer and fewer crime victims. It's why I'm here. It's, it's my job. And and um, and so that takes on a lot of different ways to, to solve that. But our 2010 priority going to be, first and foremost, is, is crime reduction, driving down the crime in Modesto across the entire spectrum. Um, and uh, and the officers have, have made that a priority. That's working better with our community. That's working uh, smarter. That's giving them real-time information so we can deploy our resources more effectively. Um, but we are all about trying to uh, uh, lower the crime rate in Modesto. You know, we had a 10% reduction in auto theft uh, 2009 versus 2008, but when you go back even further, 2006 and seven, in the entire metropolitan area, all of Stanislaus County, uh, I believe the numbers that I read, that there, there will be 3,000 fewer cars stolen, or there were in nine versus six and seven. That's 3,000 wow. fewer families that are impacted, mm-hmm. perhaps lost their only means of transportation. Yeah. And so um, I'm all about reducing the crime rate in 2010, mm-hmm. and even more so. Um, and uh, then, you know, I want uh, I want the officers to always serve with a servant's heart. I want yes. the officers always to serve compassionately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's described to me early on in my career, and it's really true to some extent. There's a lot of danger out there, and uh, there's a lot of violence of all sorts in our community. And there are some troublemakers who want to do bad things to people and, and to officers. And so I want them to police with the the, wind, the arrows of war in one hand. And what I mean is if you're forced to act, act now. Um, I want you to go home safely to your loved ones and your family. That's Amen. first and foremost. Um, but at the, in the other hand, have the all 
olive branch uh, of peace and and serve compassionately and and be compassionate when necessary and have some empathy and display true and genuine empathy when necessary. And so I really want to emphasize um, our customer service this next year. I want to improve upon our technology uh, this next year. We're uh, online to, to go live with the new community-aided dispatch uh, system and a new records management system, mm. which hopefully will allow us to, as I said, to deploy more effectively and um, hopefully bring on a new uh, online crime reporting component where citizens can do some online crime reporting without the need to have a, an officer dispatched, especially if it's an insurance report wow. or if it's a report that is an unknown suspect and the, the chances of uh, collecting any type of physical evidence is relatively low, then we can direct a citizen to you know self-report. And so uh, that makes us more efficient, and that will help us save resources. So um, I want to reduce crime, serve compassionately, continue our Customer outreach efforts, I want to bring back the Citizens Academies. They were on the chopping block when we did our uh, staffing cuts. And so I think, it's, uh, I think it's absolutely critical that we continue to serve our community and arm them with as much information as we possibly can, why we do things the way we do. And so I want to bring back Citizens Academies. I want to improve our customer service. I want to reduce crime, uh, bring on technology advances, and just hopefully um, end 2010 with some good news. I think this community uh, wants good news, and I think sometimes – Mm. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that this yeah. that this community is full of doom and gloom. And I don't want to use that broad brush, but, again, um, this is an exceptional community. We talk about the four, five, or 6,000 gang members in the community, and that's real. Um, uh, but that means that there's a half a million people who live in this metropolitan right. area. There's 495,000 people who aren't gang members who are doing good stuff. And, uh, you know, we talk about, um, uh, you know, 890 cars stolen in Modesto. Well, that's a lot of cars that aren't stolen. And we talk about, uh, you know, so I'm not trying to put a, a spin on it that, that's not real, but but sometimes it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, Modesto, unemployment's too high, and indeed it is. The dropout rate is too high, and indeed it is. Uh, but, um, you know, we, we can make headway, but we just got to keep at it, hard at it. Um, but I know the people that I come into contact with uh, mean well and want what's best for Modesto, and so we shouldn't lose sight of that. Well, we were we were chuckling a little bit because I was one of your statistics a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> was that right? Did <laughs> yeah. you have your car stolen? Yeah, yes, I did. It did. <laughs> and I had a, a '91 Honda, uh, you know, which is one, one of, of those, the, right? And apparently, they I had gone into a, a supermarket uh, to get some dinner, and I came back out and thought I had. You know, I had early dementia. I couldn't find my car. And, Uh-oh. you know, I'm going, and, and I look like a bag man in the parking lot, you know, just walking up and down aimlessly. And, and anyway, uh, finally we called it in. And, and what had happened was apparently these guys had a shaved key, mm-hmm. and there was no damage to the car and uh, no damage to the ignition, and, and they took it five blocks away. Uh, they stole a radio that didn't work anyway <laughs> and a cell phone cable that was defective. And so they didn't get much. But what was funny about it, and I was, we were talking about, you know, the faith-based community and law enforcement working together. The, the officer that came out was wonderful, you know. And uh, unfortunately, I probably shouldn't tell the chief this. Well, you know, as as conf- go I'll ahead. turn my call. Go ahead. Go ahead. already started. Well, That's right. my, <laughs> my Modesto police chaplain badge and ID were in my little clipboard in the car, as was the sheriff's department badge and ID. And uh, as well as a radio, handheld radio. And upon learning my car was stolen, a couple of pastors were praying. And, and, and what one of them prayed, I talked to him this past week, he says, he said, I prayed, Lord, would you return the car with absolutely nothing touched? Mm. 
that belongs to Mike in terms of his his chaplain stuff. Right. And believe it or not, the the vehicle was recovered the next day. There was no damage to it. I mean, it had to you know wash off the fingerprint mm-hmm. powder, right, but right. that was. And can you believe that the badge, the IDs for both agencies were there? The radio was wow. not touched. I mean. You know, God's hand was, was on that. Right. And I guess the, uh, the officer who was out recovering it, my, my father-in-law was there, uh, just shook his head. And he says, man, I have no idea why. I have no idea why that stuff is still you here. You definitely right? dodged a bullet. I'll tell uh, you. Really, yeah. Really so, yeah. So, but, it, you know, it, it's, you know, until you become the victim of it, you know, it's somewhat academic. But, man, Oren, you're living, you know, with stuff in your neighborhood. And, and you never know when you're going to be, you know, the the victim. But what's nice to know, and I just want to emph- emphasize this, I also have been with officers out under the worst stress where you're informing someone that their nine-year-old died in a car accident. Right. Or you know, you're delivering a death notification or someone has committed suicide in the family and, and every time I've been out, I want to tell you that the beat officer who's been there has been absolutely incredible. I mean, I remember, you know, the ogres I used to right. work with who are my FTOs, and those are mean dudes, you know. But I, every officer that I've encountered in the field, chief, under those extreme circumstances has handled it not just professionally but with that compassion. That's great to hear. That we're talking about. That's great to hear. Yeah. I, I'm I'm. My heart's warm to hear that. I knew that was the case, yeah. but to uh, have it reinforced means so much to me, and so I, I'm uh, I'm delighted to hear that. Now, you've got this dynamic tension, though, decreasing budgets, doing more with less. How do you sleep at night with all that stuff? Not too well. <laughs> Not too well. And, and and since June, for some reason, my, 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 uh, my sleep cycles have gotten shorter. So. But, uh, no, it's... It, uh, because it's a um, it's a it's a labor of love, and uh, mm. and I mean that. I um, I love law enforcement. I love uh, uh, serving this community, and uh, I I I love wanting to make people's lives better. I, I genuinely genuinely mean that, and um, and so um, I don't look at it as a as a um, uh, as a hindrance. I, I enjoy coming to work every day. Uh, you're right. There's some I, I've I've uh, put the bar pretty high. No mm-hmm. question. Um, and uh, I have a, uh, a large amount of expectations that will, you know, for my officers, no de- no doubt. But um, I- I'm a firm believer that sometimes I like to overpromise and and uh, are, uh, underdeliver and overpromise. Excuse me, right. is that right? I get that wrong, but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Is um, uh, I. Uh, uh, I've raised the bar high, but but uh, we'll have to work hard to get there. And uh, so, in spite of our challenges, because there's been many many obstacles, many hurdles, uh, we're going to still uh, do the people's business. So we can truly tell yeah. that you love what you do, Chief. I met you, and I met Oren uh, as well at one of the Weed and Seed mm. meetings, and it just shines through your tenderness and your compassion. Uh, for what you do, one of the questions that I had for you, and you just you answered that beautifully, is do you see the glass half full? And obviously, you do. Absolutely, no question, no question. So that's wonderful. Uh, you know, Chief Harden, the man, the Thank you. family man, and fun loving as well. I saw the saw the photos of the uh, Christmas party. And you oh, you did have some fun. I want to talk about All right, about Oren, what about this Christmas party <laughs> Just here? a little it, bit. It you was not me. You guys did have some fun. And, and talk a little bit, uh, if you will, Chief, about the family and, and a little bit about Chief Mike Harden, the man, the family man. Well, um, 
you know, as I said, I, uh, I love Modesto, and um, I met my, my beautiful darling wife at the police department um, 23 years ago, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we have two children through that union, and uh, my son, who I'm so very proud of, I'm, my daughter as well, but my son, well, I'll talk about both of them. Uh, my son um, is in his third year at the United States Naval Academy in Annapolis, wow. Maryland, wow. and uh, so he'll, uh, he'll be commissioned as a, a naval officer here in a year and a half. And uh, my daughter is the uh, student body president at uh, in her high school, awesome. and so. Right. Um, but you know, um, uh, their great accomplishments, um, the the strong family unit that we have is is not. Uh, well, we just wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the love that we have for each mm-hmm. other and the compassion we show in each other. And 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 I'm so proud of my children because um, they have a a desire to want to serve their community and their nation. Mm-hmm. And my daughter has 500 hours of volunteer service at the hospital as Yay. a candy striper. Right. And so um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's all about giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm, I'm so, I'm so grateful that they, they have taken on the, the mantra of wanting to, to give back. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's so absolutely critical to our community. And, and my wife um, has always uh, assisted at uh, the uh, you know the PTAs and the school programs and the, you just name it and she's always been there and, and she's a real champion and so um, my card in the man is uh, 26 years in law enforcement up through the ranks um, all in one department right here in Modesto and uh, I live in Modesto my children attend public schools here in Modesto when my son was still here my daughter still does and I'm a product of public education and um, so uh, Modesto is home I'm going nowhere so uh, but. Uh, I just really, uh, I, I, I am so impressed with the work that you do, Mike. You know, as a, as the assistant police chief before this role, my nose was to the grindstone quite a bit. I had four captains reporting to me in four mm-hmm. different divisions and, and budgets and the public information officer and you name it. And, and, uh, you know, Chief Roy Wozden was, you know, in the community and I was doing the day to day stuff. And now my role's changed a little bit. I don't have an assistant chief, so I'm doing the in the community <laughs> stuff and I'm also doing some of the day to day stuff. But, but, yeah. um, but I always knew the good work that, uh, AVC did, but, um, but now to see it up close and personal, um, wow. Uh, just amazing. And uh, your mission statement when we went on was uh, moving people uh, outside the four walls of the church to volunteer. Wow, what a powerful message. Um, it's just so true. It's um, A church is um, is part of a larger community, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not Absolutely. just the four walls. And it's not right. just taking care of, of those who, who um, uh, pray and worship inside those four walls. It's about an entire community. That's right. And so uh, what a powerful message. And so uh, I just um, I'm so grateful to have uh, you and Elaine as part of our community and doing the good work that you do. Well, thank you. We, we so much appreciate that. Speaking of, of the you know larger community, I, I remember 30 years ago, man, police officers and firemen did not associate with each other, you know. And then, boy, the city police department, the sheriff's department, you, you don't associate with the sheriffs. There is such a wonderful working relationship between the sheriff's department and the and the police department here in in this county. I don't know how it is in other counties. I mean, I come from Pasadena, and you know things are a little bit different back back then. But talk a little bit about that that working relationship. That I mean, that's got to be that's got to be a major major plus to uh, to crime busting here in this area. Absolutely. You know, we always get a good natured ribbon every once in a while about you know. Oh, you guys get paid to sleep and so on and so forth. But, <laughs> but, um, but it is, you know, we're a brotherhood and yes. we really are. And, um, um, you know, I have so much respect for a firefighter who wants to run into a burning building, you know, mm. to save someone and an officer who runs to the sounds of, of gunfire rather than away. And I think that, that, 
those dangers that we see day in and day out um, has has really allowed us to just strengthen our relationship. And we really don't look at, at geographical boundaries. I mean, right. certainly the you know if it's a sheriff's department jurisdiction, they'll handle the matter. If it's a police department jurisdiction, we'll handle the matter. But until that's resolved, we kind of blur that line. You know, mm-hmm. a police officer will go and and uh, at some point we'll have to sort that out. And, and if it's a sheriff's department case, and so be it. But we really don't ask you know geography first, and then and we 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 want to do the public's business irrespective of of those kinds of things. And, and the patch that's on your shoulder. And so, um, you know, we know that at, at any turn, if an officer is felled with a, uh, an injury, whatever, right behind him is going to be a firefighter yeah. uh, or a deputy. And conversely, we're going to be right behind them. You know, the uh, firefighters the other day who were met with the tragedy, um, uh, we uh, we traveled to Calaveras County to pick up the wife of mm. one of the family members and, and brought her back right. and uh, and then assisted in the um, the ambulance uh, as it left town uh, to clear some of the intersections. And that's just what we do. You know, yeah. we, we take care of each other because um, sometimes that's all you've got. You look to right, you look to your left, all that's there is another fellow officer. And so, um, but um, it... I've only worked here, so this is the only you know perspective I have. But um, we truly do get along great at the line level, the leadership. We get along well. We don't look for um, uh, headlines. Um, it doesn't matter who gets the headlines. It doesn't matter who gets the job done, as long as we collectively get the job done. And that's not just lip service. That's we 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 live that and we that's believe right. that. So you know, there's there's a lot to that, even even in, especially in in ministry too. You know, if you don't worry about who gets the credit. You can get a lot more mm, done. Absolutely. Uh, or, yes. Oren, uh, as as you're in there in, in the neighborhood, you know the, this this thing about the county working with the city and the cooperative spirit, that, that's got to make a difference in 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 the neighborhood, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 different in my perspective. Well, it's it's really good in, in our area because. The sheriff's department are going down A Street. The the city officers are going down A Street. If I talk to an officer, regardless if it's a county or a city, he's gonna come. He's gonna pull in. They come in. They say hi. They see stuff that's going on on A Street. They pull in. They stare at stare the guys down, and <laughs> eventually they, they they drive off. Uh, I mean, but yeah, it's it's amazing that. I mean, I I can see day and night. I don't, I don't want to mention cities, but where I, where we came from, it, it used it's, it's a it was a battle to save one person's mm-hmm. life because it, the, yeah. you got the sheriff and you had the 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 city and you had the fire department and they're all arguing over one guy. It's like you know he's foaming at the mouth. Somebody save him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but here, no, it, it's it's they're really everyone gets involved in it. It's when really I think good. one of our unique things here is there are a lot of county islands there are little pockets and mm-hmm. and i've i've been here now what f- years. 15 16 years i still don't have all those things those boundaries figured out but it is refreshing to be able to know uh, we were out in the airport uh, neighborhood uh, and uh, a couple of months ago tw- twice in 2009 and it was great you know the sheriff's department was there police department was there nobody really cared about the boundaries you know and when there was some issues uh, you know the higher up stepped in and took care of it for us 
And it uh, wasn't always that way, you know, but that is just a tremendous benefit to us, Chief. And, and we want to congratulate you and, yes. and uh, Sheriff Adam Christensen and, mm-hmm. and uh, Chief Miguel and, and so many others for, for uh, you know, that networking, working together with the DA, probation, whoever it might be. Uh, that benefits us directly, and, and, and that, uh, that interaction is, is really important to us. So uh, we thank you I, for I, that. Absolutely. Thank you, Mike. I've heard some of the horror stories about other jurisdictions where yeah. you know, chiefs and sheriffs will fight it out, but that's just not the case here. And you mentioned the DA's office on probation. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Powers from probation, Birgit Flatterger from the DA's office, a great partner in this community. You know, mm-hmm. she, she uh, led the effort to get the gang injunction, and her staff yes, uh, put that right. together. So um, – all of us working together collaboratively will will see to it that you know we'll try to keep the community safe. But uh, yeah, my hats off to all of them. So they do good work, and um, none of them that I know of personally are, are remotely worried about or concerned about who gets the headline as long as right. as long as we make our community safer. So yeah, absolutely. Anything that uh, our people can pray for you personally and in the department over the next uh, couple of months any special requests that you might have well you know mike we joked and said you know do i get much sleep at night i will tell you what what does force me to 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 lose sleep at night is that uh, i i um, i care about my officers greatly and uh, i want them to return home um uh, after every shift uh, safe and in one piece and that is what keeps me up at night um and so and you know in, in july uh, Sergeant May lost his seven-year battle to recover from an on-duty uh, motor vehicle collision. And so um, I just, if the community can just pay for the safety of uh, their public safety personnel, they're doing your business, they're doing your work in this community. They face dangers every day. When they knock on a door, they don't know who's on the other side of the door. And so I would just ask that uh, those who are listening um, continue to keep uh, all public safety, police, uh, sheriff's deputies, and fire in their thoughts and their prayers that they can all go home at night at the end of their shift uh, to their loved ones, and uh, and we can continue to make the community as safe as we possibly can. We thank join you. you in that prayer. Thank you. Chief Mike Harden, thank you so much for being our special guest here on Lighthouse Live. Dear listeners at home or wherever you are, thank you for listening in. May God continue to bless you.